Hi, and welcome to Pursue Wisdom, the teaching podcast of Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Paul Steele. I'm the pastor at Bethlehem Church, and we believe that we've been called to make disciples, and part of disciple-making is teaching. We see that within uh, Jesus's own ministry as he spent time teaching the crowds and teaching his disciples. So we want to assist you in your own discipleship by providing you the teaching that happens here at Bethlehem. That as we follow Jesus, we need God's wisdom in our hearts, in our minds, so that we can truly be the people that God has called us to be. What you're about to hear is the final message in a short series called The Greats, as we have looked at the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, and the great commission to go and make disciples. I hope this message is a benefit to you. So without any further ado, let's listen to our scripture reading. Our scripture reading today is found in Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given authority, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure to of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here on Thursday evenings, we've been going through this sermon series called The Greats. It's a short sermon series as we look at the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. I think these two uh, things make the foundation of what we are called to do as followers of Jesus. We are to love him with all that we have with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we're to love our neighbor as ourself. Everything that we do flows out of our love for God and our obedience to him. And we are to serve and have compassion on and forgive all those people we come into contact with. Those people are our neighbors. So love is the foundation. It's our motivation for what we do. And the one task that God has given us to do is that of making disciples, the Great Commission. And that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. I want us to think about this question. How will your children remember you? How will your children remember you? This is a ESV, an English Standard Version Bible. And it's special in that it's a journaling Bible. And I got this Bible for the purpose of reading through it. And as I read through it, highlighting it, and then writing some commentary uh, on those highlights so that I could give this to my children. My, My goal is to have three of these one for each of my children, so that they would have a record of dad's thoughts 
and how he read scripture and, and how he interpreted it. That, that that would be, you know, a piece of me given to them. See, we all want our children to remember us. We want them to carry on after us, to, to value the things that, that we value. That is our desire. So we need to, if we're going to want our children to, to remember us, we need to be intentional about that. We need to be intentional about leaving a legacy. And that's one of the desires that God has for his people. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we read this. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God's one of God's first commandments to people is to be fruitful and multiply. Have children, leave a legacy. And this is the legacy you're leaving them, God says. It's that you are leaving them the legacy of ruling over my creation, of being the stewards of, my, of what I have given to you. That is the legacy that you're leave, leaving them. See, you and I are created to rule under God. We are co-rulers with God. He has given us that authority to, to, to be his representatives here in this world. And part of that responsibility, God says, is to produce more little rulers. We're to produce more of us. And now we can look at that in just the physical sense that we are to have children. We are to, to have offspring. But we can produce more little rulers in other ways, right? Because we live in a world that's been corrupted by sin. We, we, we live in a world that's corrupted by sin. And that, that means that we don't naturally follow after God. We don't naturally demonstrate his character in this world. We have to be taught how to do that. We, that has to be modeled to us. And so part of the way that we leave a legacy, the part of the way that we produce more and more little rulers or stewards of this world is through bringing them into the kingdom of God, making them disciples. And so is it any wonder then that that's the commission that God gives to his disciples? Because we fulfill our original design, this design to bear God's image, to rule over the world, be fruitful and multiply by making disciples. Everyone, no matter if you're married or single, if you have 10 children or zero children, we all can leave a legacy. All of us can help multiply these little rulers in this world by making disciples. So as we look at Matthew chapter 28, 
we see that Jesus says this to his disciples right before, right before he ascends into heaven. Jesus came and told his disciples, you have been, I have been given, given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So right before Jesus ascends to heaven, he has his disciples come to him and he meets with them. And he gives them this task to go make disciples. So if we're going to make disciples, we have to talk about who is a disciple? Who is a disciple? Well, a disciple is a person who lovingly follows Jesus and is committed to his mission. A disciple is a person who lovingly follows Jesus and is committed to his mission. So if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we need to love Jesus. We need to trust him, right? We need to be committed to him. That's the first and basic part of being a disciple, loving Jesus, putting our trust, our faith in him. And the second part of that is that we commit ourselves to the mission of Jesus. We commit ourselves to the mission of Jesus. And what is the mission of Jesus? The mission of Jesus is to bring the kingdom of God into this world. In Matthew chapter 4, we read what Jesus' basic message was to, to, uh, to people. It was this, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's this call to people to make a decision on whether or not they're going to follow Jesus or they're going to follow the ways of God. See, repentance, remember, repentance is this word, and it really means, and I think when we're looking at it through a kingdom lens, using kingdom language, the word repent really means defect. It means to change your loyalty, to change your commitment. So Jesus' Jesus's mes message to people was this, defect, leave the kingdom of darkness. And join the kingdom of light. Denounce Satan and his work. Denounce your sin. And pledge your loyalty to me, to God. That is what it means to be a disciple. We've left the old way of living. We no longer trust that as our way of life. But instead, we have we have decided that we're going to love Jesus and that we're going to be loyal to him and to his call, doing what we can to bring God's rule, his kingdom into this world. And so why do we need disciples? Why is it that Jesus is after us? those who follow him, those who are his disciples, to go and make more disciples. Why is this important? Why is it important for us to make 
disciples? Well, it's simply because of this, because God has chosen to partner with people to bring renewal to the world. God has chosen to partner with you and me, with human beings, to bring restoration and renewal into this world. See, when Jesus ascended into heaven after his work of rescuing us from Satan, sin, and death, for bringing us the atonement, for for, for securing us resurrection, new life, because of his resurrection. After his work, after doing the one thing that only he could do, he gives us this task of making disciples because he's once again working through human beings to bring restoration, healing, transformation into this world. And that is our call. That's why it's important. It's crucial to make more disciples. Because the more people who are committed to Jesus, the more who are following after him, the more and more God's kingdom breaks into this world. That's why it's important. That's why it's essential. So how do we go about making disciples? That's what Jesus called us to do right? To go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. So how do we make disciples? Well, first of all, Jesus says, go. Therefore, go. And what Jesus says, or what Jesus means, is that we are to be intentional about how we live. Really, this could be translated as you are going. So as we move about in this world around us, we make disciples. We're intentional about what our life is saying to those around us. We're intentional about the things that we do. We're intentional about the choices that we make and how those things align with God's will. We're intentional about that as we go. See, Jesus doesn't want us just to stay at home. He doesn't want us just to gather together as believers, just to to be safe and secure with one another. No, Jesus' desire is that we would continue to live in this world, taking care of our responsibilities, interacting with other people. And as we do that, we, we... Uh, We are intentional about the things that we do, about how we live. We're showing people. We're we're, we're, We're living illustrations of what God is doing, of the of a better way of life, right? So we want to show people that there's a better way to live. And as we do this, we we talk with them, we interact with them, we answer their questions, like the one that Peter says. If they come and ask you for the reason of your hope, be prepared to answer. So that if they come and say, how can you have hope in a time like this? Or how can you love that person? Or how can you forgive that person? Or how can you do this? We are able to answer them because they already see that the way we live is different. So as we go, as we live and interact in this world, we're intentional about how we live and the things that we say, and the things that we do. That's the first part in this. 
that our lives have to match up with the, with the message that we have. Right? People have to see that it actually makes a difference in our lives. So we are to go into this world. Second, Jesus says, baptize them. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. See, there's a lot of different uh, thoughts around baptism, right? There's, there's 2,000 uh, years of church history and tradition layered upon this idea, this practice of baptism. But one thing is for certain, that, one, that, that primarily what happens in baptism, especially for adult believers, is that they are, they are making a choice. Baptism is an opportunity to make a choice, to die to your old way of living and accept God's new way to live. It's this opportunity to make a choice, to die to the old way that you live, and to accept Jesus's way to live. That's what's happening in baptism. Whatever else is there, it's that opportunity to do that. That's why it's so crucial. That's why it's so important. Because oftentimes, we won't make a, a clear and definite choice or declaration. We will just kind of ease on into something. But for us to truly follow Jesus, I think there has to be that moment of decision. When we ask people point blank, will you follow Jesus? And if you do, this is how you do it. This is how you show that, yes, I'm giving up my old way of life and I'm going to live a brand new way. Baptism in this is crucial, is crucial. It offers that moment of decision that moment of choice. And then we are to teach. So often, sometimes what, what we as, as Christians, and, and we, we, we talk about evangelism, and it's all about getting people to make that decision, that choice, so that they can be quote-unquote saved. But that's not the, the, the ending point. That's not our goal. Our goal is for people to continue to be disciples, maturing and growing. Jesus says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Teach these people who have come to that moment of choice, of decision, and have chosen to follow after me. Teach them what it means to follow me. How it, what it means to, to, to live my life to obey these things that I have taught you. See, the real teaching ministry of the church happens not before salvation, but after. That's the, that's the biggest part of the teaching ministry of any church. It's this continuing uh, continuation of teaching so people can grow, that they can be mature in their faith. That's what, that's what we're called to do. That's what we 
where that's what Jesus is asking us to do here, to teach them, to teach them. Not just encourage, not just to always preach this message of evangelism that we are saved through Jesus, but that we are to teach people how to live, to live in God's kingdom. And so to make disciples requires going, to be intentional in in the things that we say and how we live. It requires baptizing people, giving them a moment, an opportunity to make a choice, to declare whether or not they will truly follow Jesus, to to denounce their sin and, and pledge their allegiance to Jesus. And we are to teach them to teach them the things that Jesus taught, to teach them and to show them how we are to live, what it looks like to truly follow Jesus. It's also important to remember when it comes to discipleship that it happens primarily through community. It happens through community. And so in the book of Acts, And on Sunday mornings, we just talked about this last Sunday. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, verse verse, uh, 41, we read, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Here we have the early church on their first Sunday of, of preaching a message about Jesus. They have thirty or they have 3,000 people who are baptized. But remember, that's not the end of the story. They've made that moment of confession. They've, they've pledged their allegiance to Jesus. They've denounced their sin, right? They, they've come to that point of coming into the new covenant that Jesus has established with, with people and with God. That's where they're at. But how do they they keep on maturing? What does this process of spiritual formation in Jesus Christ look like? Acts chapter 2 verse 42 tells us, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to sharing of in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. What we see here in Acts, and it's all over in Acts, is that the believers are together. They're together and they're committed to studying God's word, the, the apostles' teachings, which we have here in the Bible. They are going to study it not only as individuals, but as a group. They're going to, they're, they're going to be committed to one another, supporting, praying for each other, encouraging one another, helping one another out that they're in this together. They're going to worship together. They're going to eat together, particularly the covenant meal of communion, of the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, whatever, the, the Eucharist. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to pray. They're going to devote themselves to these things, to growing, to, to their own spiritual formation. And they're going to do it together. See, true discipleship does not happen on our own. It doesn't just happen through our own quiet time as we read the scripture and as we pray. 
It doesn't happen as we listen to sermons and, and, and teachings and, and read Christian books. That, that, those all play a part of it. But true discipleship, for discipleship really to take hold in our lives, it requires community. And that's the beauty of the church. The church is this community, this Christian community that is there to provide the environment needed for discipleship to truly happen. And so if we're going to make disciples, we need to provide that community of faith for people to experience discipleship in. That is important. That's crucial. And the reason that we spend so much effort and time in making disciples is because we love God and we love people. See, loving God and loving people will lead us to make disciples because we love God so much. We love the people and the things that God loves. And because we love people, we want to see them in God's kingdom, rescued from Satan, sin, and death. That's what we desire, for them to live out their original design as well. And so we, we are motivated by love to make disciples. So here's our big idea. To be a disciple of Jesus means we help in making more disciples. To be a disciple of Jesus means we help in making more disciples. That's what we're called to do, to make disciples. We're to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That's what the church is all about. Our challenge then is to pray for someone you know to become a disciple. Who is it that in your life needs to be a disciple of Jesus. So as we close up our time tonight, I want you to consider three questions. And the first question is this, why am I a disciple of Jesus? Who has influenced me? Why are you here? Why are you a disciple of Jesus? Question two, how am I able to join the work of making a disciple? How am I to join in the work of making a disciple? See, we don't have to be involved in every part along the way. But we need to be doing something. What is your part? What is my part in making disciples? And question three, to go along with our challenge, who should I be praying for? Who should we be praying for? Who should you be praying for? Who should I be praying for to become a disciple of Jesus? We are called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we're called to make disciples. This is the foundation of what the church of Jesus looks like. To love God, to love Jesus, to make disciples. May we be that type of church. Have a great rest of the week and God bless. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you see the importance of making disciples and the importance of us to continue on in this discipleship process. My one ask of you is that if you benefit from this podcast, if you 
benefit from this teaching to give to Bethlehem Church. You can give uh, by going to our website, BethlehemChurchAustin.com, and following the Give tab. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and God bless.